This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to another Blood Red podcast special after a busy transfer deadline day for Liverpool FC, in which they've secured not one but two central defenders. Ben Davis, as we reported yesterday, was the first. I did a podcast with Guy Clark all about him, which you can listen to or watch if you want to know more about the Preston centre-half. Liverpool have got deals done this month for 16-year-old Derby County attacker Kai Gordon and 19-year-old goalkeeper Liam Hughes from Celtic. I think it's fair to say, though, that the most exciting deal of the lot is the loan deal with an option of an £18 million summer purchase for Schalke centre-back Ozan Kabak. The deal comes with Joel Matip ruled out for the remainder of the 2020-2021 campaign with ankle ligament damage sustained against Tottenham. Elsewhere, at the time of recording, it looks like Takumi Minamino might be heading to Southampton on loan. That may well be confirmed and finalised by the time you're listening to this show. That would, of course, link him up back with Saints boss Ralph Hausenhutl, another Red Bull link with Liverpool, with Minamino signing 12 months ago, of course, from Red Bull Salzburg and the Austrian, a former Leipzig manager. The focus of this podcast, though, is to get the lowdown on Ozan Kabak, the biggest incoming at Anfield this January. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm delighted to say that joining me to give us the lowdown on Ozan Kabak is Bundesliga reporter and football journalist for goal, Ronan Murphy. Ronan, thank you for, for joining me. Appreciate you jumping onto the Blood Red Podcast with us. I suppose the obvious place to, to start really is to ask just how excited Liverpool fans should be about Ozan Kabak. Yeah, I think in the long term they should be excited, especially if Liverpool decide to to activate the option they have for him to purchase him. Perhaps at the moment he mightn't be a superstar straight away, but sure when you get when you sign a twenty year old especially when you sign a twenty year old at the last day of the transfer window, he's never going to be he's not going to immediately be virtual Van Dyke or anything, but I think he's definitely going to be a confident and competent centre-back for, for Liverpool, especially with, during this injury crisis. So he, he's a good pick-up for, for the now and he'll be a good kind of band-aid for the, for the backline problems at the moment. But I think he, he definitely has great potential and under someone like Jurgen Klopp, he can really kind of grow and, and flourish. Yeah, still only 20, of course, loads and, and loads of potential. But I mean, is he ready to, to make that impact straight away? Because, I mean, essentially, as you say, that injury crisis, that is what Liverpool are going to need from him. Yeah, I think he can. I think he has enough experience at Schalke to kind of prove that he he can compete at a top level in a top European league. I know Schalke have been struggling and you had Paul Merson on on Sky Sports on on Monday kind of saying that I heard he was physical and he was kind of worried about that. But you you might call Virgil van Dijk physical as well and that wouldn't be a concern at all. So I think... uh, I think he he definitely will be able to to, to step up straight away, and it, it shouldn't be too much of a kind of a leap in, in, in for him because I think one of the things you hear from players that move from the Bundesliga to the Premier League is that's a much more physical league. But because he has he's a strong player, he's good in the air, he's good at tackles, he's he's good in, in duels and one one on ones. He shouldn't have those same problems maybe that some other players like Timo Werner obviously was flagging it earlier in the season that of kind of adjusting or adapting to to playing in the Premier League. So I think he he will kind of take to it a bit quickly, a bit more quickly than some players, and he mightn't have maybe the betting in time that you might see other players in Klopp systems need because he, probably because he's a centre back rather than a midfielder like Navigator or something like that. 
What would you say is, is the player's biggest strength? What do you think has attracted Liverpool to him? Yeah, I, I think it is that kind of that kind of imposing. He is that statuesque kind of defender. He's a he's a big kind kind of presence at the back, and he will be kind of an intimidating opponent for for Premier League forwards to come up against. And I think that maybe is something that Liverpool are lacking at the moment when they have so many centre backs out that they're they're being forced to play midfielders in 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 defence, and maybe they're not the kind of same kind of old school defenders that you might you might have been used to so he i think the his his kind of being good in the air and being good on the ground and, and being good kind of in those close situations when when he needs to make a tackle he will, will stand to him and <clears throat> maybe it'll be a, a good kind of counterpart for her for Virgil van Dijk when he's fit again because <clears throat> we know van Dijk doesn't need, never needs to tackle so maybe to have someone who's able to put in that last ditch tackle beside a van Dijk who's all about positioning could end up working perfectly and be a great partnership. How good is Ozan Kabak on the ball in terms of being able to, to bring it out? How good and, and how strong is his passing ability? I'm not sure we kind of saw the best of that, especially this season with Schalke, because they've just been so poor since since kind of last January. They've only kind of got one win in the last year, so it's hard to tell from from that. And when you're giving it to players that are kind of mediocre, it's it's obviously hard to tell. So the stats kind of don't add up to him having a, a broad range of passing or anything. But he seems to he seems to be able to. In the previous season, he showed signs that he could pass it out from the back and. He, he was fond of a long ball and <clears throat> a lot of his kind kind of longer balls would connect maybe more than more so than many defenders and I think his numbers there were good. So he, he kind of hoped that when he gets to be able to play with better better players, that he should be able to become a better passer. Is there any sort of obvious weakness within his game or, or anything that he needs to sort of improve, would you say? I think obviously confidence might be a problem. And obviously, and that will be a thing in a, in a team that are obviously under pressure, and that, that much kind of that results aren't going their way. That sometimes maybe he can switch off in games, and maybe he can be a bit inconsistent. But like when when Schalke are under so much pressure and they're they're losing game after game, and they were finding it so hard to win, it was going to be tough for any player to to perform in that sort of environment. And you just look at Weston McKinney last season, and he was kind of. He was one of Schalke's better players, kind of after the restart. But you wouldn't have thought he was going to pull up any trees when he moved to Juventus. And, and people like to throw back my face that I, I made a jockey comment to a to a colleague at the time that he he wasn't good enough for Southampton. Never mind, never mind Juventus. I was joking that he wouldn't. He didn't seem like a kind of quality midfielder that that Juventus usually would have signed. He didn't fit the profile. He was kind of a, a Swiss Army knife sort of utility player, but. He's kind of shown that why Juventus signed him, and he, he's proven to be a, one of their best players this season. So I think you could see this similar happening with Quebec. It could be just natural progression from a team that were having difficulties to a team that are challenging for a title, and he should be able to kind of shine. And it shouldn't take him too long to step up. Yeah, certainly a lot easier, of course, when you're playing in a, a team of better players. I mean. Liverpool fans probably haven't seen a great deal of Ozan Kabak. Is there a player maybe stylistically that you would say he's a little bit similar to, even if he's not at the same level necessarily? Is there somebody who is a, an obvious comparison out there that people might know? 
Um, I'd say from the Liverpool squad, maybe he's he's like a mix between a, a Joel Matip or an, a, a Deanne Lovren, that, that, that sort of player. Maybe maybe obviously quicker than Lovren. I think me myself might be quicker than Lovren, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. I I think he's he's just kind of he he's a kind of an, a more old school centre back than than maybe we have seen in recent years and that's obviously what, what Paul Merson doesn't like but I think he has the pace to go with it with the, the physical attributes that he has and and may, maybe the, the kind of all-round game will come in time and he'll be, become more confident in the ball and maybe Jürgen Klopp will make him more confident in the ball and t- take him under the wing so yeah it's, it's kind of hard to pigeonhole him obviously but uh, he, he definitely will be Will be an interesting addition, and I'd be intrigued to see how he gets on in the first few weeks and games. How likely do you think it is that Liverpool will trigger that option? I think it's eighteen million or, or so that they could buy in in the summer. Do you think they've probably got intentions of, of doing that? Yeah, well, I would think so. It seems it seems a kind of reasonable fee, especially considering the amounts that were quoted, even earlier in the transfer window or even last summer there was talking 30 million at one stage so I think 18 million seems kind of a bargain for a player of his potential and even if it, it could be one of these things that they could activate it and end up selling them on like you've seen Man City do with Angelino so that kind of a move that if even if it didn't work out you should definitely get a return on your investment there because there's always a market for young, talented centre-backs with a lot of upside. So even if he wasn't to, to be a huge success or, or Van Dijk comes back and and maybe they make, might make a move for a, a, a bigger defender, an Open Meccano type in the summer, maybe they could, they could activate it and then decide to, to maybe give him a year or two or, and sell him on then. I noticed he was suspended earlier in the season for for five games for a spitting incident against Werder Bremen. I mean, what what's the story behind that? At the time, he appeared to claim that that was accidental. Is is that a, an explanation that's been accepted over in Germany? I don't think it has. I, I think it kind of lo- looked like it, it looked on purpose, but at the same time, I think he it's something that he regretted, perhaps, and that, that that's something that he would have learned from, especially because of the the uh, the punishment that he got for it was so harsh, and you kind of get less for racism in Germany, which is which is kind of disgraceful. But that that's a different point for a, a different show. But yeah, I I think he he's moved on and he's learned from it. And even though he kind of, kind of saying that it it was it wasn't intentional, hopefully it's a, it's something that he can put behind him, and, and discipline issues won't be something that that'll crop up in the in the near future and and going forward. Yeah, certainly not something that Jurgen Klopp would tolerate, I don't think. Just finally, before we let you go, Fabrizio Romano and a few others have sort of reported that Diotopo Meccano would still be of interest to Liverpool in the summer. There's been reports about his RB Leipzig teammate, Ibrahima Kanate as well. I mean, how does Ozan Kabak compare to those two players? And, and do you think long-term Liverpool would have more of an eye on, on the Leipzig pair than, than possibly keeping Kabak? I'd say he would have a he'd compare more to Kanate than than Open Meccano. Open Meccano he's kind of been tipped as the next Van Dyke, and obviously that's that's a that's a ridiculous comparison to compare for any player. For any it's like saying, Oh, this guy's gonna be the next Messi or the next Ronaldo. It's it's just impossible to live up to. But of all the potential of of any defender in the Bundesliga, Open Meccano has the highest. So you would see you could see a bidding war kind of well, not not necessarily bidding war, but a a transfer war because he has a, a release clause in the summer of transfer war to try and get his services and I think Bayern are trying to 
<clears throat> get him wrapped up in the next few weeks because David Alaba is obviously on the move. This summer he's not going to sign a new deal. So I think they're trying to get that completed sooner rather than later. So sort of like Liverpool or Chelsea, who Carl Heinz Rubinigga said, were, were bought in for him. And the, his agent also mentioned Man United. So when you have play- teams like that, you can see why Bayern Munich are trying to kind of pull the trigger immediately. So it, Liverpool would he will be probably the best defender on the market this summer, but whether he gets it this summer is, is a different question altogether. Yeah, certainly going to be a fascinating transfer window in the summer as well as, as January. So, yeah, thank you very much, Ronan. Some brilliant insight there from goals, Ronan Murphy. Thank you very much for, for joining me. I'm sure you've got a fair few Liverpool fans even more excited than they already are about Ozan Kabak. Yeah, thanks very much. It's a pleasure. That's all we've got time for on this episode of the show, but there'll be plenty more time to reflect on transfer deals as well as build up to Liverpool versus Brighton on Wednesday over the next couple of days. For now, though, from myself, Matt Addison, and my guest, Goals, Ronan Murphy, thank you for watching, thank you for listening, and until next time, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.